We continue our Advent journey with another passage from Isaiah guiding our steps this morning. Our theme that we are using this year to capture the season of Advent is illuminate. We light a candle each Sunday and trust in the light that is coming into the world. All of this building to Christmas Eve when we light candles that will shine forth hope, peace, joy, and love. John 1.5 declares the light shines in the darkness and the darkness does not, shall not overcome it. At Christmas, we celebrate how light entered the darkness. God has, God is, and God will illuminate. But first, Advent invites us to pause and to look with complete honesty at darkness. Advent invites us to name what is dark in the world and in our own lives and invite the light of Christ into every shadowy corner. The way we celebrate Christmas can easily become very sentimental. We are so very familiar with the story, the little lambs, the shepherd, the Christmas star, and the gifts, that we can fail to notice the depth of pain, chaos, and danger of the world into which Christ was born. Tish Warren has this to say about the importance of looking at darkness during the season of Advent. Christmas, with its compulsory jollification and insistence on being the hap-hap-happiest season of all, devolves into saccharine escapism if we do not first take note of the darkness in the world and in our own lives. Darkness is not to be avoided, but rather to be engaged because there is darkness in the world. As we heard last week, it's not all about being Christmassy and then dealing with real life in January. Darkness doesn't pause and go away in December. Earlier in the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah describes his country as a land of deep darkness. Jerusalem's fate was in the hands of a foreign enemy. It was a difficult and turbulent time. We understand deep darkness. There are many within the covenant family currently carrying heavy burdens in their hearts, some in hospitals, others in their homes and in their hearts, not to mention escalating global tensions, devastating violence in Israel, Gaza, and Ukraine, partisan politics in a divided nation. We see people taken too soon from this world and heartbreaking and maddening mass shootings in our country. Advent is a time to journey toward darkness. It is a waiting time when we are reminded how much we need a savior. Light has come. Darkness will not have the final word. In today's passage, let me share just a little bit of context. The context is that of Israel in exile. The nation has been destroyed. The armies of Babylon came in and wiped out Jerusalem, stealing their treasures and taking their best people. The temple built by King Solomon now lays in a heap. It was destroyed. Psalm 137 tells us the, the exiles sat by the rivers of Babylon and wept as they remembered Jerusalem. They no longer have the heart to sing, so they hang their harps on 
the willow trees by the river. They have now been in captivity for decades and are plagued with hopelessness. They are prisoners in a foreign land removed from people and places they love. They have lost everything they owned. They began to question God's power to change the situation and maybe even questioned God's goodness and grace. It's against this backdrop that God comes with an infusion of hope to a people who are teetering on the edge of despair that gave Israel new hope and new life. Isaiah chapter 40 announces that the good news is, the encouraging news is, that God has not abandoned God's people. The Babylon captivity, captivity is almost over. God reassures the Hebrew people that there is something to live for. Let's turn now to the reading of Scripture, the beginning of Isaiah chapter 40. God's word for us this day. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out, in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all the people shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Oh Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may it all be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Lord Jesus, once you spoke peace to the wind and to the waves, speak your shalom over our hearts. Give us hearts of wonder in eyes of love, we pray. Amen. Today's scripture can be described in one word, comfort. This text is a word of comfort after a very long and dark time for the people of God. What do you think about when you hear the word comfort? Perhaps a cozy blanket? A cup of hot tea or curling up on the couch with your family? A listening ear from a trusted friend? That much needed hug after a long day? Maybe it's a particular food, a place, a smell, a timely word of encouragement to your discouraged heart? Maybe being financially comfortable comes to mind. I think of putting on comfortable clothes and shoes after arriving home from being at work all day and the comfort of God's promises. When I posed this question to a group of friends, one thought immediately of a role as a mom comforting her young children and how sometimes her presence and care is the only sufficient comfort for them. Another thought of contrast how when you are in a season of discomfort, that that is when comfort is at its best. Here's how Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines comfort. Comfort is to give strength or hope to, 
to ease the grief or trouble of this work of cheering and consoling. In today's passage, comfort is offered and comfort is grounded in reality. For it is a comfort offered to God's people. Comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. Israel has been fully forgiven. Israel has had a long, persistent history of rebellion, immorality, and idolatry. She has been faith, faithless, but now she is forgiven. Israel has paid all that she is required to pay. It's a turning point in the life of a broken and a humiliated community. God is saying, speak tenderly to my people and encourage them. In the midst of their discouragement, give them courage. Restoration and salvation will be possible because of God. We hear in this passage of a metaphorical highway that will be built for God to get to his people. Notice that this highway is not for us to get to God. It's not about our hard work and our, our earning our way to get to God. It's for God to come to God's people. The highway will be level and straight so that God can come quickly and directly and easily. Every valley will be lifted up. All the places where you feel low will be changed. This is what God does. The Israelites are powerless to save themselves, but God will intervene. God will make a way. Can you recall a time when God comforted you. How has God shown up? How have you seen light shine in the darkness? I encourage you, invite you to reflect upon this question in the days ahead and to do a little bit of storytelling with a friend or with your small group to help us to encourage one another to follow and to trust Jesus in all of life in times of ease, and in times of darkness. Last week, Thomas asked us to think about where you were last year and how darkness has affected you this year. Well, <laughs> uh, this time last year, I had no idea that storm clouds were gathering and that in a few short weeks, life as I knew it would be turned upside down with a very unexpected cancer diagnosis. I had a biopsy at the end of January followed two days later by eight difficult days with no power in early February. After a debilitating ice storm that we all endured, I learned of my cancer diagnosis on the same day when my power was finally restored. The rest of this year has been framed by navigating care involving surgery, chemo, and radiation. I'm currently in a bit of an ambiguous place treatment-wise, but I am doing well. I am living with much gratitude and very much enjoying this pause. As I think about this, I'm reminded of a conversation I had recently that really has been lingering in my mind that I'd, I'd like to share with you. 
At a Christmas party at the beginning of this month, I had a leisure conversation with a delightful human being named Wendy. Wendy is someone I know casually who lives far away. She's the mom of a friend. We get to see one another occasionally and are happy when we do. We've been praying for each other and holding concern for each other as it's not been our best year. Since the last time I saw Wendy earlier in the year, Wendy has gone through a terrible trial. She had a bad fall down garden steps that resulted in 10 broken ribs, a punctured lung, many sutures in her skull, a hematoma on her leg, pulled ligaments in her foot. Later, she learned that she actually had fractured and dislocated her hand too, the pain from other parts of her body, masking that particular injury in the earliest days. It's been a slow journey for her of healing and recovering in many challenging days. She recalled how she was outside on a beautiful evening and in a blink of an eye, everything changed. She is grateful she survived. We acknowledge together that it's been one of those years when you are very okay to say goodbye to the current year and to say hello to a new one. In fact, during the party, her husband showed me a good riddance 2023 meme albeit expressed a bit more colorfully, capturing our sentiment about the particular year. I'm sure for some of you, this has been one of your best years ever. For the three of us, we agreed that we are looking forward to saying goodbye to this particular year. There are chapters in our journey that surprise us. Some chapters of our journey begin in an expected way, and then a turning point thrusts you into an unknown and uncomfortable territory. These incidents are formational. As I think back on my conversation with, Whitney, I, with Wendy, I don't believe we ever used the word comfort, but it's what we communicated. It wasn't just the sharing of war stories. We shared how God has made himself known personally and powerfully in the darkness. We shared of God's rescue and intervention of the way, and of the ways that God has comforted us and pointed to the ways that God has been present. It has been a year to call out to God for help, and God did come and help. And one of the clearest ways for the two of us that God provided and God cared for us is through people, through family and friends, strangers and neighbors, congregations, and the medical community. There has been the presence of much grace. Friends, like the Hebrew people, each of us will journey in and out of the wilderness throughout our lives. We're going to try to avoid it, but it is the witness of Scripture that it is a part of our journey. What can propel us through the darkest nights is intentionally recalling God's faithfulness. Hearing other people's stories of moving through the darkness if how, in the words of Barbara Brown Taylor, we learn to walk in the dark helps us to have a spiritual life that shines in the darkness. I have been strengthened and am more mindful of God's activity and presence with me and with those around me since that conversation with Wendy. 
My mom used to remind me about a time when I was a little girl, often saying those words that kids like to say to their parents, I can do it myself. I was trying to learn how to tie my shoelaces. My parents were trying to, to teach and to help me with the little rabbit ears, the little bunny ears, when tired finally of people looking over me, coaching me, trying to help me, I got up and I went up to my bedroom and I closed my door. And then to make sure I was absolutely by myself, I then turned on the light and went into the closet and closed the closet door. And according to family legend, I was there for quite some time until I could tie my shoelaces determined that I could do it myself. If this year has taught me anything, it's that I cannot do it myself. We cannot completely rely on ourselves. Like the Israelites found out, and we all find out, we need this one who comes to save us, and we need God's people. Community is absolutely essential. We can learn to let God take care of us by allowing others to care for us. Those who learn to receive compassion then give it away to others. I am learning this yet again. All of us journey between good and bad seasons throughout our lives. We are prone to forget God's faithfulness when we find ourselves in a tough time, a dark time. But God is still there in the most unpleasant of landscapes. And not only is God with us in the harsh times, but God is also redeeming the painful places and forming those he loves for mission. God wants to comfort us. Isn't that a beautiful word? God wants to comfort you. We then get to incarnate the good news by sharing what we have received with others. Or as we hear in 2 Corinthians, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. I have a table in my house that currently bears witness to this. There are many ways that we give another person courage and ease the grief and trouble of a friend. Here is but one way, which is to write a card and to let someone know of your prayers and that you are sharing in their suffering. The notes of encouragement on that table have come from various places, but many are from you. And in my darkest and most fearful days, I cannot express adequately how that mountain of love and comfort has strengthened me. How has God comforted you in recent days? And in this busy 
stressful, sometimes difficult season, is there someone you could reach out to in order to strengthen them with a comforting word? Friends, this is the season of the advent of God. Open your hearts to the miracle of grace. Every valley, every place that is low in your life will be lifted up. Light shines in the darkness. Darkness will not have the last word. The barren will birth. The God of all comfort comes to save his people. Nothing is impossible with God. Hallelujah. And amen. Pray with me. God of all comfort, Prince of peace, lover of our souls, we thank you that no matter what we face in this world, in and out of seasons of wilderness and darkness, that you are trustworthy and true. We trust that you are Lord over the whole journey. Thank you for comforting us in all of our troubles and for those who give us courage and help. Help us to remember your faithfulness for the living of these days. To you be all glory and honor and praise. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.